Hello, and welcome to Productivity and Prose, a podcast about making the most of your writing time and honing your craft. Whether you're a seasoned author or a new writer, this podcast offers helpful tips to maximize your writing time, increase your writing productivity, and tackle the sometimes tough aspects of the writer life. I'm your host, Emily, author of Suspended in the Stars, among other things, and today's topic is Healthy Habits of a Productive Writer. Before you skip this podcast thinking, I don't want to become a gym rat or train for a marathon, hear me out. Being a healthy and therefore productive writer isn't just about working out. Yes, in episode three, I did mention things like eating healthy and moving your body, but the type of health I'm talking about today goes beyond physical health. Will you hear me out? I think it was sometime around the end of March last year, right after or perhaps during my Kickstarter, that I knew I was beyond tired. Not just get some extra sleep and you'll feel better tired. Like bone weary, mental exhaustion, can't focus, so tired it's hard to sleep type of tired. To be honest, that tiredness followed me through the rest of the year. And it may still be with me a little. It's the type of tired that came from putting way too much pressure on myself. I also think it's part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast. I know, that sounds ironic. And it's for sure the reason I've emphasized making reasonable plans for your writing. You see, I am the queen of overfilling my schedule. Sometimes this is due to the fact that I honestly think I can add the thing. But other times it's due to the fact that I didn't plan things out well and everything comes crashing down at the same time. Cue overload. This is exactly what happened in March, 2023. I had no clue how much work a Kickstarter would be. To be fair to myself, it was my first one and there were a lot of nerves and questions about how it would go. Would it fund? Would people like the book? What would they think of the cover? Would they like me? Okay, I realize that last one is a bit of a problem. (laughs) But because I'm A, a procrastinator who works best under pressure, and B, a perfectionist, the perfect storm of the Kickstarter meant I spent countless nights staying up until 2am futzing with details to the story section, graphics, and price tiers. By the time the Kickstarter launched, I was in a sleep-deprived daze, giddy off of making it happen, but also so, so tired. If you followed the journey of Suspended in the Stars at all, you'll know that my overwork did pay off, but I'm not happy in saying that. I mean, I'm happy with the outcome, but I'm not happy with how much stress it took to launch the book. I'm also not happy with the last minute nature of my prep for the Kickstarter, but I know that was on me, not on anyone else. Before we jump into the bulk of what I wanna share today, I'm going to preface these statements by saying I am not always a healthy writer. I aspire to be what I've listed below, but there are some of these things that are still so hard for me. I wanted to share them because I think they can be great things to aspire to and work toward. It's easy to get caught up in a world that demands things now, focuses on quantity rather than quality, and emphasizes a stressed type of hustle that's unsustainable. If the stress of your writing life, whether it's personal or professional, is taking a toll on your overall health, that needs to be addressed. Writing, being creative, should come with its own type of joy, even when it feels like work. But more on that in a little bit. Okay, here we go. I've got some statements here that may touch a chord, whether good or bad, with you. I don't think we'll be able to be this healthy writer all the time, but think of these more as things to aspire to in your writing life. Okay, here we go. A healthy writer takes stock of their year, their mental state, and their goals while planning their writing schedule. 
I put this first because the conversation on the podcast thus far has been really focused on planning, but it's also a great way to start off a conversation about writer health. Remember me talking about making reasonable plans for your writing year in episode three? This is part of that. When you're focused on being a healthy writer, not just a writer who gets things done, you take into account what your full year will look like, how your mental health is, and what other goals you have. As an example, I mentioned I trained and ran a half marathon last year. Training was brutal in the summer, ugh. And in retrospect, I probably should have focused more on writing goals than running, but I knew my mental health needed that break. I needed to be out, feet pounding the pavement to get my mind cleared and my body healthy, which was a goal for me. Looking back, I don't regret that time at all. It doesn't have to be physical activity that you turn to. Maybe being a healthy writer in this way means that you block in a good chunk of downtime if you know it's going to be a possibly emotional year, or you allow yourself the full year to write one book instead of two, or for a more seasoned writer, you negotiate for more time than you normally would on a new contract so that you can take time off to rest. Being a healthy writer in this way comes down to you knowing yourself, your schedule, and your mental state. Now, don't be worried if you don't know the answer to these things right away. I've read several great books on this, but one that stands out is Michael Hyatt's book, Living Forward. It's been a long time since I've read it, but I still remember him talking about taking time out to dig deep before planning anything. Basically, setting aside hours, maybe even a whole day, when you're thinking of planning out your year. I mention this here because what I think he was getting at is the fact that we need space and time to be honest with ourselves about where we are at. I know I need to be free of distractions and responsibilities to have the freedom to say, how are you really doing, Emily? For me, this looks like taking long walks, journaling, getting away for the day, or even just clearly communicating that I need alone time. It might look different to you. Maybe you need to talk it out with others. Maybe you need to find this time in small chunks, or maybe you need to go through a workbook to find the answers. Whatever it is that works for you, make sure you do it and above all, be honest with yourself. A healthy writer takes care of themselves internally and externally. This is similar to what I just talked about, but it's the fact that if you're overwhelmed mentally, you're not going to be functioning at your best. The same is true if you're overtired or not prioritizing your physical health. I know, I promised I wouldn't make this about going to the gym and I won't, but I will say that if your life is spent behind a desk, whether you're a writer or it's just your day job, you're going to have to work extra hard in order to offset that type of sedentary life. I'm talking to me here, especially. All right, it's time to get a little personal here. So at the beginning of last year, I started to realize I was unhappy with several things about myself. I'd gained weight after I got married, which I do here is typical and I had been on an on-again, off-again fight with being active. My two jobs are both done at my desk, writing and designing, which meant I needed to find other ways to be active. I remember after Christmas in California, we came back to Indiana and I was sick of feeling icky. Yeah, it was a little bit about extra weight I was carrying, but it was more about how I felt. I was tired and out of control with eating whatever snacks I wanted, and I was always craving sugary foods and greasy chips. I mean, let's be honest, I still do that. But I decided to do something about it. I joined Noom, uh, it's kind of like a weight loss program, 
and committed to reading their material and logging what I ate. I didn't even really add in extra working out or anything more than just walking our dogs each day. But I started to see results. I ended up losing 15 pounds and I've more or less kept it off. The half marathon training really helped. But I've seen an improvement in my health overall. Now, I share this to be transparent. I am not at a weight that I'd pick for myself, though I'm happy with where I'm at. But more than anything, I feel better. And that bleeds over into the other areas of my life, my relationships and my writing. See, one important thing to remember is this. We are human first, writer second. Learn what it takes to take care of your body to feel good, mentally and physically. Or no matter how many words you write or how much success you find, it won't matter. This isn't an ad for Noom or any other diet or eating plan at all. It's just me caring about you and your health as a writer. You know what's best for you and what will fit into your life. If you've been putting off a new healthy habit, maybe now's the time to incorporate it into your daily routine. A healthy writer admits when they can't do something and they know when to ask for help. This is a little more nuanced due to the fact that being able to do something as a writer can range from completing a contract to not being able to figure out a plot hole. These two things come with vastly different consequences, but I'll touch on both. Being a writer means we work in solitude most of the time. We create our characters and plot in our heads, usually. We sit down to write alone, and we go through our edits on our own, trying to make our stories shine. However, that doesn't mean we're alone. On one hand, things like plot holes, characterization, story arc, and other story-related problems can easily be shared between writer friends. I've come to my writer's group so many times with these type of issues, and every time they help me work through them. It's not that they always give me the answers, though that has happened, but the conversation is usually what helps me get to the bottom of the issue. On the other hand, there are other areas where we need help and due to the solitary nature of a writer's life, sometimes we become afraid to reach out and ask for that help. I've known several author friends who have had to ask for an extension on their contracts. This basically means that they couldn't reach their deadline in time and needed more time to finish. In this case, reaching out for help looks like being honest with your agent or your publisher if you don't have an agent and asking for more time. Honestly, it's so hard to do, but in the cases of those authors I know, it was the wisest choice for them. And honestly, it was a last resort. But I've even known authors who've had to break their contracts. While this isn't something they wanted to do or even planned on doing, it means they had to assess what was best for them and their family and move in the direction that was healthiest for them. No writer plans on these things, but we can't be afraid to reach out for help in working through those issues. If you're agented, involving your agent is crucial. If not, then rely on those writer friends I've mentioned before. Aside from professional writers though, just because you don't have a contract or an agent doesn't mean you won't still need help. It might look like needing help on the mechanical aspects I mentioned before, or it may be that you need help in knowing what direction to take in your writing career or your writing life. This is where having a mentor or even just someone further along in the authoring process will be so helpful. Whether it's someone in your life or someone you know online, knowing when to ask for help and then asking is crucial. I know this is hard. It took me a long time to make connections and friends that I could reliably talk to about these things. And even still, there are people I ask for advice from that I worry about reaching out to. It's nothing they've done. It's just hard for me to ask for help. I found this out most poignantly when I needed to ask for endorsements for Suspended in the Stars, but that's a story for another day. Remember, 
know when to ask for help and don't be afraid to do it. And this leads me to a healthy writer says no. No, such a small word. It's just two letters and yet it's extremely difficult for me to say. I'm a people pleaser for sure. So sometimes saying no is more about my fear of what that person will think of me than it is about saying yes to something. But that just means I need to spend more time considering what my best options are. I shared this recently on my Instagram stories, but I had a mentor once who told me something I've carried with me through the years. She reminded me that there are always going to be things that are good, better, and best. She said I could get overwhelmed by saying yes to all the good things in life, but the true challenge was to find and say yes to the best things. The same is true for us as writers. There are always going to be good opportunities that will come upon and we might be tempted to say yes to the first thing that comes up, but I challenge you to stop and truly consider what is going to be the best thing for you. You may need to reach out to writer friends to have them help you think this through. An example of this is a younger writer who is just so excited to get a contract for their book that they say yes to the first person who shows interest. Sometimes this works out great, but more often than not, that first opportunity is not the best option. It may be good, but what if that small press that actually said yes hurts your book through their editing process? or that pay to publish contract doesn't result in sales. I caution every new writer I talk to to take their time when saying yes to any offer, whether that's a book contract or an agent contract. It's so easy to get caught up in the excitement and miss the fact that while you may be ready to publish, maybe your book isn't. This isn't to say that all small press is bad. I've had great experiences with many I've worked with in the capacity as a designer. But oftentimes, we writers are so hungry for affirmation that we'll jump on any chance to call ourselves published. And that, in my opinion, is a tragedy. Know when to say no to things that aren't the best, but also learn to say no to things that might end up clogging your schedule and won't actually further your writing goals. A healthy writer learns when to put a project aside for something new or different. This is a hard one and has led me to often say, write the next book. I'll get to this more in another episode, but this aspect of a healthy writer is simply knowing when you need to put something aside because it's draining you or holding you back. This is nuanced by the fact that there are writers out there who took years to hone their first published book and it worked. They got a contract and all was well. But I've also heard so many who agonized over their first book for years before writing another one, only to have that new book be the one that got them a contract. Obviously, hindsight is 2020, and no one can know what book will land a contract. But there is something to be said about working on a new project and letting an old one sit idle for a while. A healthy writer learns that publishing trends change, and sometimes it's better to start fresh than revise for the 10th time. A healthy writer knows when to take breaks. I've talked about this a lot already, so I won't really go into too much detail here, but I will say knowing when you're burned out is a skill. You may ask, but Emily, won't I know when I'm burned out? <laughs> You'd think so. But in my experience, it hasn't always been that way. I've had to have friends point out to me that I'm on the edge of burnout, and it's taken that warning to push me into action to care for the problem. I won't say all burnout is fixed by taking a break, but I think the vast majority of it can be. Oftentimes we burn out because we're too busy, stressed over the project or in life, or have a lack in our well of creativity. When I say a healthy writer knows when to take breaks, I mean they know what type of break they need. 
Yes, this is hard to identify at times. <laughs> but as an example, here are some breaks that I found I've needed. A break from my current work in progress. I can usually still write, it's just not on that project. A break from writing altogether. It just usually means I need more sleep. A break from social media. Usually this is because I'm comparing myself to other people or what I'm seeing on there is bringing me down or distracting me from my current project. A break from editing notes that hit a painful spot. Okay, usually this means I need to step away and process these unpleasant feelings only to realize that the editor is right. <laughs> a break from plotting a novel that's not coming together. This means I'm stuck on a point and often can be resolved by me going on a long plotting walk. A break from writing so that I can fill my creative well with well-told stories. Usually this looks like me watching a lot of movies or reading really good books. Or a break from all things writing and book related. This often means I am overall burnt out and I need a full and total break until I feel that itch come back. You know, the itch that says, oh, I wanna write this new thing. And last but not least, a healthy writer writes with joy. I picked joy, not happiness, because to me, joy is so much more than a feeling of happiness. Joy is steady. Joy is steadfast. Joy is sure. To me, finding joy in my writing doesn't mean I'm always happy to write or looking forward to every project I have to start. My joy is rooted in the knowledge that I love what I do. I love writing! And I do it because it's my passion and it's my gift. Finding joy in my work is what keeps me coming back when a story is being difficult. It keeps me coming back after a season of burnout because I can't not write. And it keeps me coming back because at my core, I am a writer and a lover of words, and it truly is my joy to put them on the digital page. Friends, hear this. If you aren't always happy about your writing or sitting down to write, that does not mean you aren't a writer or you aren't doing it right. There could be a number of issues you're facing, a plot hole, a lack of creativity, struggling with comparison, or a load of other things. But it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. However, if you always struggle to find joy in your writing and there is no joy ever, then maybe there's another issue. It may be that your burnout goes so deep, you need more than a day or a week or even a month to heal that. I've known plenty of authors who needed a year or more to heal but it could also mean that something else is off. Perhaps you're writing because you have to, like I did with ghostwriting, but it's only for the paycheck and never a joy. Or perhaps you're forced to write in a genre or a category that isn't fun for you. Or maybe you're writing for the wrong reasons, to impress someone, to become famous, to prove something. I'm not saying you can't be a writer and write for those things, but a lack of joy will often lead to a less than healthy writer. Remember to uncover why you write, as Simon Sinek talks about and Find Your Why, and write for that purpose, not anything else. So what would you add to my list? And which ones do you struggle with the most? Please don't hear me saying these things as if I've got it all down. Let's be honest, my writing buddies know that I'll still say yes when I should say no, I'll still get stressed out because I put off writing for something else, and I'll still try to do it all on my own. But I know enough now to recognize these things in myself most of the time. And my hope is that by naming them, you too will begin to see them in yourself or your writing friends. And then you'll be able to come up with a plan to fight against them. In the next episode, I'll be talking about how to figure out your capacity as a writer. I'll be answering questions like, how many words is too many? 
How fast can I actually write? And what is a healthy writing goal? Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to dream big and write boldly. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you're looking for more writing inspiration, community, craft tips, and behind-the-scenes content, consider joining the EAH Coalition on Patreon with various levels of free and paid support. You can also connect with me on Instagram at createexplorerread and find out more about me, my books, and my design business on my website, eahcreative.com. Productivity and Prose is an EAH Creative Production.